You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. So if you're looking for any type of batteries, whether it's for your truck, your car, your trail cameras, your rangefinder, stop into a local Interstate Batteries retail location. There are thousands upon thousands of them all over the United States. Talk with a battery specialist and get the batteries that you need to go on with your life. Interstate Batteries outrageously dependable what's up guys my name is parker mcdonald and i'm your host and you are listening to the southern ground hunting podcast All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. We've got an excellent episode for you today with Jason Newton. Now, Jason is a guy from North Georgia, lives right on the Georgia-Tennessee line, hunts a ton of states. He hunts a lot of, uh, like, Midwestern big buck states, but he also does really stinking good in the North Georgia area, which some of you guys know is mountainous, steep terrain. And so is the Tennessee side. Like, it's it's steep. And we're going to talk about his tactics going into some of those places and how he breaks them down. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. I enjoyed getting to talk with him. I enjoyed our conversation. And through the whole, the whole podcast, while we were recording, I was thinking, man, guys are going to love this. Because he goes really into detail in how he scouts areas, how he breaks down and and really, I mean, some of the stuff that you've heard um, heard me talk about, you've heard other people on the show talk about. He has some of the same tactics when it comes to hunting uh, big woods, monotonous areas with steep terrain. And I think you're going to really enjoy this. But before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you guys to check out ScreeGear.com if you're in in the market for some new hunting uh, apparel, clothing, uh, camo. It's just awesome. You can use the code SOUTHERNGROUND at checkout, and that will save you 10% on your purchase. Also, check out tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Like I've said before, Tethered is the only place where you can find everything you need from the ground up to get in a tree, in a saddle, and start killing big bucks out of a tree saddle. It's, uh, it's fun. It's a blast. In fact, before we get into this... I wanted to let you guys know about something awesome. If you don't follow Southern Ground on social media, which you should be, you really should be, you could go to Facebook and search Southern Ground Hunting on Instagram. It's all one word, at Southern Ground Hunting. 
on Instagram. And uh, if you follow me there, you probably know that I tagged out yesterday on a great buck in North Alabama on public land. It was a freaking amazing hunt. The hunt was incredible. Of course, I killed this deer out of the tethered phantom and uh, was super comfortable the whole time using the, the phantom and the platform. Just a killer combo. But next week, um, me and Drew are going to be breaking down this hunt. Now, I'm tagged out. My dad is on his way here tomorrow for our annual father-son rutcation that we do every year. We've done it for the past three years, and this will be the fourth year doing it and it's always fruitful like it just we he comes at the right time and the bucks are just now starting to get really i mean it's it was crazy yesterday's hunt was incredible now next week me and drew are going to break down this hunt but what i'm hoping is my dad's still coming and he's bringing his bass boat and we're going to go out and we're going to try to get him on a buck or two or three i mean if he's got it in him if he's willing i mean we can get him on probably three bucks um, I feel pretty confident we could do that if we spend enough time in the woods right now because it's getting freaking awesome here in North Alabama. And if you are if you're in this area and you're not in the woods, you need to be in the woods. If you're pretty much north of Birmingham, it's it's gonna start getting fired up here really soon. So um, I've been hearing a lot of people killing bucks all over the place. If that's some of you guys, if y'all have been successful, congratulations. Uh, let me know about it. Send send me a message on Facebook or on Instagram. I would love to hear your stories and uh, maybe even share a few pictures on social media if uh, if you got them. So, um, yeah, that's going to be pretty much it. Like I said, look out for podcast next week where we break down the story of this big buck. And hopefully Drew's got a story. And hopefully we got more stories uh, from mine and dad's recreation. I'm going to be filming him. The whole time, it's just going to be uh, me and him in a tree, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to film him the whole time, which we've never gotten to do that, not not much. So it's gonna be fun, and uh, I think there's gonna be some good videos. And speaking of video, be on the lookout this week. If I can get some time in between hunts, I'm gonna try to edit this video of the buck that I killed yesterday. So it's uh it it's not gonna be you know it, it's it's a it's a, a rut video and if you've hunted the rut you know that action happens really fast so it's going to be a quick video and uh unfortunately uh, spoiler alert unfortunately i was not able to kill the biggest buck that probably i've ever seen in my life um it was just a sad story but you'll hear all about it next week uh, i i missed an opportunity on an absolute giant the same day yesterday the same day that i same morning that i killed the buck that i ended up tagging out on so Anyways, let's get into this episode with Mr. Jason Newton. All right, on the line with us now, we have Mr. Jason Newton from North Georgia. Jason, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Not much, just hanging out. Hanging out late at night during deer season. Um, so you're in North Georgia, you hunt Tennessee, you hunt stuff like that. What's the, what's the rut activity like right now where you're at? Honestly, where I am this right right now is the time to be in the woods. Um, I feel like this is, and I've never had anybody tell me this, you know, any biologist around here tell me this but I feel like in my area 
what we're actually in right now is the secondary, you know, the secondary rut. Yep. Because, and just from watching cameras and watching the deer, usually, you know, usually I'm out of town on the first or second week of November. I'll go to some other state, Ohio, I've hunted Ohio, Kentucky, Missouri, Iowa, just somewhere different. So I don't really experience it here, but I run cameras, and in the past I've hunted here in early November. But uh, you don't really see the movement as good. You know, you'll have some trail camera movement. You'll see some some deer uh, messing around scrapes and stuff, and you always hear the story, though, I saw this buck chasing a doe. I saw this buck chasing a doe. So I do believe that the rut in my area is, you know, it's typical early November, you've got your, your main part of your, you know, your early rut is starting up. But I feel like what people hear, I mean, what people see around here the most is right now you see chasing, seeking, you know, you see all of it. And I believe it's because our buck doe ratios, you know, are not what they are in the Midwest. Yeah. And so you're seeing, you have less does in heat now. You've got your second round coming in, so the bucks are having to get up, move more, find those those stragglers, you know, that are in their in the second round, and just you know, December you're much more likely to get a good cold front. I mean, we've experienced it in this last week. We've had great temperatures, great weather, so it tends to just kind of fall into place now. So the rut right now, I mean, I can't say it's rocking. It's northwest Georgia, so it's never crazy. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it's there's deer moving, you know. But yeah, I mean, I I actually shot a buck Wednesday. Yeah, uh, he was he was cruising, you know. He was he was on his feet looking. So, and some actually, all of my best deer from north georgia have been in the first week first to second week of december is when pretty much every one of them have been okay that's that's interesting i uh i experienced the same thing in georgia when i lived there um that that which i was in central georgia where i was living at closer to uh atlanta area and the biggest buck i've ever killed uh, I killed on December the tenth, I believe, in uh, in a actually in a food plot of all places, chasing a doe around, and yeah. and so I mean, and the rut was definitely definitely over. I killed another buck earlier that season in the heat of the rut, and uh, it you know it, it was almost a month apart when I shot mm-hmm. the, shot the second one. So I mean, I I think there's a lot to say. I actually um, talked to a guy. Uh, on the the public uh, the public piece in Kentucky that you and I have both hunted, I believe you hunted it mm-hmm. last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, is that right? Were we, weren't we in the same place? No, not last year. I, w- I, w- I think I was going, and I didn't end up going there. Okay, so you didn't end up going. Some of your buddies maybe yeah. went. I think anyway. Yeah, yeah some some of my friends went. So. Um, on that piece, the manager there that, so they, they closed down for the, for the rut. Uh, and it's all, it goes to all quota. A lot of WMAs in Kentucky do that. It goes to all quota during the, the whole month of November, just about. 
And then um, in December, he told me, he was like, December is the best time to be in the woods. He said there's two different things that go into that. Just what you said, the does, the, the late cycle does are the ones that weren't bred yet. Um, go back into heat, and those bigger bucks have to get up and move around. He said he sees more deer in the bean fields, uh, more big bucks in the bean fields during the month of December than any other time. And then also, you know, you get later in the season, and I've thought about this a lot in states like Tennessee, um, states I've hunted like Missouri, Tennessee, uh, even in Alabama, kind of, but Alabama has such a liberal – uh, tag number that you get, you get three buck tags. So, um, but what, one of the things he said is in Kentucky, you only get one buck tag and most guys by December, most of your hardcore guys are already tagged out. They tagged out during the yeah. rut, you know? And so there, the pressure is just so much lower during that, yeah, that's a good point. during that time. And so, and it makes the deer a little more comfortable to move around, you know, when they're not getting, you know, hammered by all these, all these dudes in, in tree stands, they, a little more apt to move around. And so uh, I think that's all, all really, really good stuff. And I think you're on to it, man. It's, it's such a, a great time to be in the woods right now. And a lot of guys are staying home and they're not going because they feel like the rut is over in the area. But the reality is, man, it's just not. So um, that's, that's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. These, these Southeastern states, I mean, you, you just don't have the, you know, you don't see the, the first week of November, you know, how it is in Ohio or some other state, the first week, second week of November, if you hit the weather right, you know, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. And you never really get that, you know, you, I'm sure there's areas that will be that way, but you never get that widespread, just wild rut that it seems to be in other places. It just kind of seems to, it goes along. You're liable to see a buck chasing a doe, you know, from November till the end of December. It's, you yeah. know, it's just how it is. Yeah. I was telling a guy, I did a, uh, somebody from Onyx is doing an article and they interviewed me, um, about hunting in the Southeast and he was asking about the rut. And I said, basically, if you take the map of Alabama and even Florida and probably Georgia is like this as well, you take the rut map that the state usually produces and it looks like a, like a hurricane, weather system going through the state because it's just different colors all over mm-hmm. the place you know yeah. you got you got a red spot over here a purple spot over here a green spot then another red spot you know 400 miles north of there all in the same state you know and they're just the rut is so mm-hmm. goofy and it really does it looks like a radar you know a weather radar with storm systems yeah. going through and so that's cool man i i hope you uh i hope you have some success coming up soon now you 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 said you killed a buck last week um does that mean you only have one buck tag left uh no so well yes so i only have one georgia tag for a buck but i'll be that like so i'm taking off i'm hunting wednesday thursday friday saturday and it'll be on a managed area in georgia so it, you know that's a that's a bonus tag I, you'll have two buck tags for that hunt oh, okay perfect so really i can you know i can hunt these and then i'll still have a tag man that's good so. to that's good to talk about that i want to talk about that for just a second if you want to um i yeah. know guys who take advantage of bonus buck tags don't necessarily like everybody knowing about it um but that's a really 
cool thing that a lot of states, or, or several states, I know Alabama does it, Georgia does it, I believe Tennessee, well, I know Tennessee does it, I don't know anywhere else, but some of these WMAs really do, um, like there's some states that have a lot of WMAs that'll do a bonus buck hunt. Is that something that you do pretty often? Uh, no, well, I mean, in Georgia, I hunt, uh, you know, I hunt public land most of the time in Georgia and really most of the time everywhere I go, but, uh, I don't really take advantage of it. I don't, I don't, I honestly don't shoot many deer because, you know, not that <laughs> that's I, not the thing it, you say on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's you funny. know, it's, it's not, I guess. I've never tried to, I've never been one to try to tag out. Yeah. I guess it's, it's just a hunt and I'm hunting a mature buck. I'm there for a while. I went, I went down the rabbit hole of inches Yeah. and that almost made hunting miserable for me because it was more of, I don't know, it was more of a proven, I don't know. I feel like people get caught up in it and they try to, they try to prove themselves as better hunters by inches and let's face it everybody's not hunting the same places everybody don't have the same opportunities it turns into it's just i don't know it just brings hunting down really so you know really i'm i'm hunting a mature buck right if it if it's a mature six pointer i would actually rather kill it than a mature eight pointer i just kind of have a thing for six pointers but uh <laughs> yeah so yeah so it's not not that I don't kill a lot of deer out of not a lot of opportunity. I don't kill a lot of deer because I don't target a lot of deer. I target a deer and I'll hunt. And if, you know, generally if I kill a deer in Georgia, it just takes the stress off and it's to try to do it in a different state. Yeah. You know, it. I don't, honestly, I've never tagged out on bucks in Georgia wow. because it's just not, it's just not what I put my effort to, you know, because if I were to kill one good, you know, one good buck off of the property I was hunting, that's fine with me for the year. Right. You know, the next, if there's another one that's pretty close or an up and comer, that's cool. Maybe he'll be there next year. You know, as I've never just, I don't know. That's not what the amount of deer is not what makes me happy. I guess it's sure. just, the quality of them you know? well and one of the things you know you said you don't kill a lot of deer i can uh, i can tell you in the day of social media it seems like everybody's killing deer right and left and sometimes <laughs> it's like man do i even know what i'm doing because everybody you see so many especially guys like you and me who my i mean honestly my whole facebook feed all the time is just deer hunting stuff like it's saddle yeah. hunter hunting beast like it's just that's all i see all the time and so i'm seeing people all over the all over the united states killing big bucks and such like i mean there's times when you're like man i don't even kill a whole lot of deer and so um yeah, it, it beats you down but you you know I, I i do research and stuff about guests before they come on the podcast and i of course i knew you already um and since you and i have met and become friends on facebook and um, I've seen some of your stuff. Like, that's really not the case. You really do kill a good amount of good deer. Like, you know, I, it, part of the reason why I texted you today is cause I was like, man, it seems like this guy's always on bucks. Like I've seen you post several videos of deer that you let walk and, <laughs> and it's just like, 
you know, I mean, that's just, you, you know what you're doing. You're a guy who knows what you're doing, and you're in a southeastern state where that's just not going to be a large percentage of the deer hunters out there. Like, you, you kind of find yourself in in a top percentile of, of, you know, people who know what they're doing out there. And so I, I definitely think you, I think, I think you got that going for you, but um, I want to talk for just a second. Well, I guess before we get too deep into it, um, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as um, obviously we know you're a hardcore deer hunter. Um, tell us about your, your hunting style. And um, obviously you live in, you live in the, in North Georgia, um, but you hunt several other States. Talk about that for just a second. Yeah, I, um, you know, I live I live in North Georgia, and I mean, yeah, we I've I hunt a lot of I hunt some public around here, and I'm I've got a, some private around here I hunt. I have my own property I hunt, so I kind of have two different I have two different ways of hunting. I was just talking to a guy earlier about that. It's like, you know, I have a a run and gun per se way of hunting generally. In most places I hunt, I, uh, I'm, I'm, there's not a whole lot of times in a year that I hunt the same tree twice. Yeah. It's it's constant moving, and it's like everybody's, you know, first sit's the best sit, so I say, why not make every sit the first one? And I love to move. I love to see different stuff. You know, some people can settle in on a place and be perfectly content sitting and watching and sitting and watching and sitting and watching. And I don't even like if I were, you know, in some places you do that, you're only going to see deer a few times and then they're gone. You know, some places you could sit forever and you can continuously see deer. It's all about your access, but I, I can't stand it. I want to move. I want to see something different. I want to see a different view, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, on my property at home, my, my private property, uh, I'll set stands and leave them and not hunt them. And I feel like, you know, that's the big deal to making it work is to leave them alone until the time's right and then go hunt them and shoot your deer. Yeah. You know, don't overpressure the stuff. So that's that's kind of one of the things, you know, that's my big thing at home is just wait until the time's right. And honestly, in Georgia, this year I've hunted. The, okay, so I shot about Wednesday. That was the like the fourth time I've hunted in Georgia this year. That okay. was Wednesday. I've hunted less this year in Georgia than I ever have, honestly. And I killed a buck. Yeah. It was just wait till the time was right, you know, uh, all the weather stuff come together Wednesday. And so I went in, you know. Yeah. So just kind of that general overview, most of the time I'm running gun hunting. You know, I, I've got a. I have a, a saddle. I hunt out of a saddle, uh, and I know I know you hunt out of a saddle all the time. Yep. And I hunt out of a saddle all the time, but I also hunt out of a saddle in my tree stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I use my saddle as a safety harness, you know, and just kind of keep, keep tied to the tree. And if I need to use it as a saddle, actually, so I shot a buck in Missouri this year out of a hang on tree stand in my saddle hanging off the side of the tree stand platform. <laughs> so, you know, I'm I vary a lot. So sure. I travel around I travel around, uh, you've seen my van. I I hunt out of a, a van 
at any given I've been telling people this a lot. If people ask me, Hey, you what how's the saddle? You know, what are you using as a stand? You know, all these questions. I said, at any given time in my van during the hunting season, there'll be a, a lone wolf sit and climb, a millennium M seven micro light, and a tethered uh platform and saddle. So depending on where I go in, depends on what I'm carrying, depending on the temperature, depending on the trees in the area, everything. It it won't about where that determines which one I'm gonna carry because each one has its each one has its strong suitor, its you know, its best fit. Yeah. So I use, you know, just depending on where I go I use something different. You know, uh so yeah, just that, being being you, flexible, being you know ultimately mobile. Like you're not you're not pigeonholing yourself into one thing. Which even as much as as most of us guys who hunt from a saddle like to say like, oh, it's the ultimate mobile system. Yeah, it, the reason it's mobile is because you can you have the ability to do what you're doing, and you can carry it in if you need it. And if you don't need it, then it wasn't really a big deal. Like you just carried in fifteen ounces. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't yeah. like it was a stress. Yeah, you you didn't carry a Summit Viper in. You carried a platform and a piece of strap. Yeah, and, but but what most guys are doing, and you know this, most guys are using a saddle, and I, I'm guilty of this myself. Um, most guys are using a saddle and using it exactly the same way that you use a climber. Like, it, the only yeah. difference is it's just a little bit lighter, but it's not more mobile for that usage, you know? I mean, uh, yeah, definitely not. I hunted, so I hunted, uh, what's today, today, Sunday? I hunted, I hunted yesterday in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I hunted five feet off of the ground in a tree that was probably four inches in diameter. I was in some super thick stuff. I just needed to be, you know, be able to see above the briars. So I hung my platform, climbed into the platform, and stood on top of it in my saddle. So that's where you really get your benefit of a saddle is to be able to hunt essentially any tree you know mm-hmm. yes some trees are going to be more comfortable than others but yeah you can you can do what you need to do and i even it even helps me in that sense when i carry my hang on tree stand yeah so, so there's so many different ways to do it and that's one of my big things is not being stuck on one way i guess yeah. you know i'm very very flexible in the things I do, the ways I hunt, everything. And so this year I've, you know, I've drove around in my van, hunted, hunted Missouri for a week, uh, hunted Ohio uh, a, a few different days up there this year, uh, and then Tennessee a few times. I've I've hunted Tennessee more this year than than I have in the past. I mean, I'm really close to Tennessee, so I've decided that i'm going to start taking advantage of that mm-hmm. i mean it don't take much of a drive from my house to being a lot better deer hunting it seems like than what i have like i can just drive and it's like oh you know it, there's a whole new world of deer hunting that i hadn't experienced until really this year yeah had i've had some really close calls this year 
just in the few times I've hunted on some good bucks on Tennessee public land that I've, you know, that I've just now started on. So, so that's kind of my thing. It's like, I don't get stuck to a spot. I don't get stuck to a state. And maybe that's why I say I don't kill many deer. You know, I don't stay in one area and just shoot whatever. I'll shoot one and go somewhere else, try something else, see another site, see different deer. So, so, so when you're doing that, uh, you're traveling and you mentioned this earlier, I want to talk about your ride that you are taking to these other States. Um, and you mentioned that you've got, you've got a van. I want you to tell us about this beautiful creation that I have actually gotten to see in person. Um, and it's amazing. (laughs) So, yeah, it's a, a Chevrolet express van. Uh, I guess Sam Soholtz, I guess his does look better than mine, but that's okay. You uh, had, listen, you had, you had the van game going strong before he brought, before he had the van. So he may may have had a, he may have had the bus, but you had the van first. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd wanted a van for a long time. I drove around in his truck. I had a Tacoma and I had, you know, I had a, a box in the back to hold my gear and a camper top and I'd slept in it a few times out of state and it's just not comfortable. You know, it's, it's hard. I'm a small guy and it's still hard to put your clothes on and stuff in the back of a truck and a camper top. Right. Mm-hmm. So I found the van, got incredibly lucky. You don't really find many all wheel drive vans and, uh, found it and, never looked back it's actually my everyday driver right now i (laughs) sold my truck because i like my van so much and i would rather go out of state hunting than have a truck payment so i drive a van every day with (laughs) full hunting gear that's awesome that's cool yeah so it's been you know this year it's it's been to missouri colorado ohio i mean it's 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 made its rounds this year <laughs> and it kind of it kind of makes its money back on it you know depending on you know, i don't know how much money you actually have to put into it to uh keep it running and all that but um when you when you talk about like having to stay in a cabin or get a hotel room or whatever like it kind of makes its money back for you um oh yeah definitely i uh i took the walls or I took the interior panels out of it and built uh, built walls in it, insulated it, put sound deadening in it, changed the floors out, you know, gutted the whole thing as soon as I got it and uh, wired up some auxiliary power and stuff in it so I can have power and charge stuff. And I mean, it's got a the, the seat in the back folds down into a bed so you can sleep in it. Sleep's great have all your hunting gear and the best thing about it. So what I hate about a truck is if you get somewhere and you know, some, everybody's different about wearing their hunting gear in their car and stuff like that. So I'll get in, you know, all my, all my gears in a bag or in a box in the van. I can get somewhere, park, crawl right into the back. It don't matter how cold it is. I can leave it running and get completely ready and step out of the door, walk into my tree stand, where with a truck, you know, if it's raining, whatever you have to do, you have to get out behind the truck, put your clothes on, get cold, get wet, 
you know, and it's yeah. just, it's just annoying, really. It's, pe- so it's peasant, the, the peasant that's the stuff. Thing. That's the, what? I said it's peasant stuff. Like you're living like a king <laughs> with your with your yeah. your house on wheels. Now, how many people can it comfortably uh, house for a night? Uh, when well, when I met you at Saddlepalooza that time, we had uh, three in it, and you know, three full size people's a full house, mm-hmm. but. You could probably do four, but two, I mean, we were in Colorado this year. Uh, me and a friend of mine were in Colorado elk hunting, and we slept, just both of us in it. We spent spent like four nights in the van, four nights in the back in the mountains, and two nights in a motel. So kind of split it up some. Yeah. So, that's... yeah, actually, so, so check this out. This is awesome. I drove to Colorado from Georgia, right? Got there late at night, drove straight there. We're just dead tired. We're like, all right. I mean, we're we're back in the mountains already. I was like, look, let's just pull over, park. We'll go to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning, and go hunt. You know, find out our hunting plan, right? So, because we were just doing all public land out there too, and never nobody ever got out of the van. We parked, crawled into the back, laid down to go to bed. Woke up a few hours later. The van was shaking. I thought he was getting out, you know, to go to the bathroom or something. Uh, turns out he said, hey, is that you? But no, I thought it was you. So I'll have to send you the pictures. There are there was a bear outside the van. He oh went my gosh. All the, way, all the way around the van, shaking it, rocking the van with us in it. <laughs> Holy and we crap. never even got out. Yeah. Oh, man. So there were bear tracks all the way around the side of the van where he had been on it, on the side of it. So even the bears liked the van. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> That's, that would probably scare me. That'd scare me to death. <laughs> like, yeah. obviously you're okay. You're not going to, you're not going to die from, you know, a bear's not going to do a whole lot to you while you're in the van. But still, like, that'd freak me out a little bit, I think. Did, did, now, yeah. Now, did you uh, did you ever see the bears or anything, or were they just you just saw the tracks and stuff after? Yeah, so yeah, so yeah, he he handed me a flashlight. He said, "Here, shine it out the window." I tried to shine it out my window, couldn't see anything. Handed it back to him. He popped out one of the side windows, like a kick out window. Oh, popped it out, shined the light out, and there was a bear just standing there looking at him, and it turned and took off running. Running. Holy cow. <laughs> That's uh, that was that's a that's a cool story. I tell everybody that one. That's pretty cool. Now this is where you need you need to be filming some stuff like that would be <laughs> yeah. that'd be epic. <laughs> that's cool. Well, I had a guy the other day. Uh, met a guy from Michigan while I was in Missouri hunting this year. He 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 said something to me on Facebook talking. He said these deer you've been killing, you need to start filming your hunts. And I told him, you know, that's what we were talking about earlier. So, uh, I need a cameraman with me because I'm like a walking disaster, walking through the woods. Something's always going to happen. So a camera, me with a camera, is just like, you know, something. If you were just to film me and the things that happen to me while hunting, that would be more entertaining than the hunting. Like you can't even make this stuff up that happens to me. I don't, I don't even get surprised about it anymore. Just. 
I don't know. I'm just a disaster. It's some it somehow ends to work. It it ends up working out, you know, for deer hunting. But but uh, it's it's pretty interesting what happens. So a camera just don't work with me. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I get it, dude. Like it's uh it's it's tough. Like I I've I've long and hard thought about trying to find somebody that would be willing to uh, to be a cameraman for me, but. It's just, you know, it's hard. It's hard, especially the style of hunting that you and I are doing and things and like this, like it Mm -hmm. takes a very specific type of person to be willing to go and do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, the other part about it is like, it's a lot of stuff to carry in. Like you got to, you got (laughs) a lot more things that you got to carry. And all of a sudden your lightweight mobile setup turns into you know, not a whole lot different than a tree stand. So I, you know, I get it. Um, it's just, uh, it, it's fun. You know, it's fun to, um, have everything to look back on. And then when you have things like that, like a bear shaking your van, like that's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So you, you called yeah. the van a name. Um, and I, I believe you called it a name. What, what is the official name of your, um, uh, your hunting rig? Uh, I call it the vandalizer. The vandalizer. I believe that I believe the name may have already been used. I, I mean, that disclaimer. I think they may have used it in some whitetail adrenaline videos. Okay. Not sure, but yeah, it's the vandalizer. Theirs is retired now, so mine's the next step. Yeah, yours two point <laughs> That's cool. Now, yeah. how many miles do you got on this on this van right now? I think it's got about two two hundred thirty thousand. Still going strong. Oh yeah, definitely. It you know I've worked on it some, but it's you know that's it's reasonable. That's awesome. It gets me about it gets it actually uh, first time it's ever broken down was in Missouri this year. Uh, we were hunting and the alternator went out and we were stranded, but luckily we met some other guys that took us. And that's the only easy part to work on on the van was the alternator, so it all works out. That's perfect. That's cool, man. We're gonna have to get some pictures up uh, whenever I post this podcast. We're gonna have to get some pictures up of this uh, of the vandalizer because it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Um, do you yeah, do you happen yeah. to have any pictures of the van with uh, with like a deer, like any of the deer that you killed? Yeah, actually, I try to take a picture with every deer on the van. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> then every picture that we post will be of the van and you and a deer. So that's awesome, dude. I, I plan I plan on getting another one this week, so we'll we'll, we'll add to the pictures. So uh, side note here, a buddy of mine. This is just totally random and not related at all. A buddy of mine was hunting in Georgia and uh, shot a deer that he did not recover. And it's a good one. And then another guy on Saddle Hunter just posted a deer, a picture of a deer. And uh, it has a very similar shot that he felt like he put on it. Um, and he killed it on the same the same WMA in South Georgia. Huh. And was hunting really, really close to him. And it's a tank of a buck. Oh, man. I hate this. <laughs> I hate that for him. Um, yeah. That, that's been there, done that. Anyways. Not somebody else can find it, but losing it yeah yeah and this guy this this other guy other guy killed it and i mean the 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 buck has like 
a hole blown through the like right below the chest on the on the shoulder, so it would have missed mm-hmm. every missed everything vital, and he felt like he hit it right there because he didn't find it, and he found bone and meat and and watery blood. So there's a good chance that this yeah. is the buck, and it's a it would have been a definite like wall hanger buck. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Uh, anyway, so going back to going back to your hunting style, I know a lot of the a lot of the area that you hunt is going to be steep terrain, mountains, and things like that. And that is one thing that I uh, I have in common. I mean, most of the places I just posted a picture on Instagram of the buck I killed yesterday. Which spoiler alert to everybody listening to this: next week we will have a big buck story of the deer that I tagged out with on, in Alabama. And uh, you get to hear that whole story. It is rather heartbreaking, Jason. I just told you kind of the what happened. Um, it's a little bit heartbreaking, but ultimately ended up with a good mature buck. So it's um it's uh it's in kind of this same type of stuff. Mountains. Um, your your area is probably more um, consistent consistent mountains, and mine is kind of the foothills of the Appalachian mountain range. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it works the same. So I want to talk a little bit about your strategy going in after what you called mature bucks. You know, like that's what you're going after is mature deer um, in the mountains. So if you could, Jason, just kind of give me a, a brief overview of the type of terrain that you're hunting and some of the things that you key in on in that in those type of areas. And then we'll kind of break down even further into, into more details. Okay. Yeah, I mean, most of the like, most of the stuff I hunt, you know, it's not the. I guess it eastern North Georgia has more of the, I guess the rougher mountains. Yeah, but uh, I'm more of the western side, so we hunt some pretty steep stuff, and it's really it's kind of all I've ever hunted in Georgia. You know, yeah, I've never hunted. South Georgia, the flat stuff. So, the most of the stuff I hunt, I I tend to gravitate toward bluffs, you know, uh, and the flats on the side, you know, under the bluffs. That's just uh, my brother-in-law who pretty much taught me to hunt. That's kind of how we've we've always done it. Uh, I tend to pick breaks in the bluff. You know, just just an area that a deer can cross. I know there's a lot of places that they can cross. You know, they I've seen them climb the rocks, but you know they don't want to. So, just smooth breaks in bluffs, just to pinch deer travel. I mean, it's just a basic pinch point, and when it gets to the rut and you get cruising bucks, they're liable. You know, that's your best bet to pinch them down because when you get in these big, some of the stuff around us, I mean, we have some thick stuff, but a bunch of it's big woods. Yeah. You know, and if you get into big, mature timber, big, mature timber is hard to hunt. It's essentially a desert for deer. You know, you have acorns, but other than that, that there's no, the habitat value of just mature hardwoods is, I guess, kind of low. So, just we try to find stuff i hunt a lot of flats on okay so some of the public land that i hunt around here has been logged or i guess all of it probably has but you know in more recent years it has been logged 
So on the steeper areas, I'll pick logging roads. You know, they'll the deer travel just just the same as you do when you're walking through there. You're going to gravitate toward the easiest walking path, right? So, mm-hmm. and and for for the most part, deer will do the same. You know, and that's I mean where I shot the buck the other day. There, it's just some. It's up under a bluff, and it's a intersection point of two old four-wheeler trails or logging roads that are on the mountain, and it's just a good cruising area for bucks, you know, just to just to cruise along. That's what um, I was actually talking to earlier about a piece of property. I went down there and looked at it, and it's mature, just big mature timber on the side of the mountain. And that's what I told him. I said the bucks are up there in the rough stuff where it's where they're safe. You know, yep. they can cruise under those bluffs and they can pick up the thermals from below. You know. Yep. And I talked to him the other day before I'd ever seen the property, and one of the things that I told him was, you know, flats. So, you know, anybody that hunts around the mountains knows you know, knows kind of to hunt flats and stuff on the sides of the mountain. And and I told him in the rut, I mean, a buck's life is to live and to breed. So the breeding, you know, for him to be successful, he needs to be efficient. So when I'm hunting the side of a mountain, you know, I try to pick the most efficient route for the buck to check the most number of does. I mean, you know, that's the name of the game anywhere when you're when you're hunting the rut. You need to be in efficient travel corridors for him to be able to check, you know, this doe bedding area, this doe bedding area, this as many as he can the most efficient way possible. So if I'm looking at a piece of property, I mean the literally the majority of my hunting is done by map on yeah. the phone. You know. Just looking at it, I look at terrain features and find flats. You can see, you can pick out breaks and bluffs sometimes. You know, yeah, you get there sometimes and you'll be greatly disappointed. But, you know, you can pick the stuff out. And for the most part, you can kind of get an idea of how the deer need to travel, how the deer, how the bucks need to cruise to check the does. And that's how most of my hunting is. Yeah. Yeah. We talk, we talk about it a lot. So you, you, you mentioned first and foremost, you mentioned breaks in the bluff and, uh, one of our really popular guests that we've had on before who hunts this same area that I hunt that is, uh, I mean, he is, we had him on the local legend series. His name's Jamie McKay. And he talks about when you ask him, what is the one thing that you do that, um, that you feel like is that you could attribute uh, or I guess that's the right word that you could say this is the reason why I kill these big bucks and he says hunting those uh, bluff gaps is a big deal specifically on exit trails um, so it you know if you hunt other people's pressure you can use a buck <laughs> yeah. you a buck is going to exit from their pressure he's going to exit on those big big bluff gaps 
um, or small bluff mm-hmm. gaps even, you know, just anywhere where he can get through and, and those deer know about them. I mean, I've traveled a lot of them going up and down ridges, especially like during turkey season when I'm moving around a lot. I find tracks just up the steepest crap that you can imagine, um, but it's the it's their easiest route to get from point A to point B, and it's usually just a gap between rocks, basically rock yep. rock faces. And so that's that's interesting. And the thing that that I I like is that me and you we we have a really similar way of going about this and and not sitting in the same tree more than once and a lot of times not even hunting the same area more than once or twice and um and keying in on uh certain terrain features that we find via onyx or whatever mapping software you're using um to me that has seemed like that has been the most productive more so than even putting boots on the ground and scouting i'm not saying that that's not good but jason you know as well as i do you can't always do that during the season a lot of times Uh you're going in completely blind and saying i'm going to be completely dependent on this terrain feature because it has worked so well in the past and i know that listeners get tired of me talking about these common denominator spots that's what i call it you find terrain Mm -hmm. features and vegetation hard line uh thick cover that you can see from a map you, if you find those things and they all line up together, like you can find yourself, man, in a in a great spot really quick. And and yeah. and most of the people that I know that are hunting mountains and and steeper terrain, or or any type of terrain feature, they're going to tell you almost the same thing if they've had any amount of success that it came from just what you're talking about. I mean, deer in the rut, it's perfect deer in the rut because the does are also using those same areas to travel, and the bucks are going to be not far away you know if if Mm -hmm. if they're going to be cruising or whatever trying to cut those doe trails and those are the type of areas that what like like you said they pinch down spots and it it, you know i I know you've hunted like iowa and missouri and um some other you know more maybe more flat states um and you have the same type of stuff but usually it's more dependent on um like a pinch point using like maybe using water or using crops, a crop field or something like that. But in the mountains, you just yeah. don't get that. And so um, do you find, Jason, that like specific – are there specific things that you're looking for when you're scouting on Onyx? Is there like one specific thing that you're like, this all this one thing always just jumps out to you like nothing else? Uh, really just the flats under the bluffs around here. Yeah. And, you know, and I'll use, I'll use terrain, but then you, you know, you've got to put it back into the vegetation too. So I flip back and forth between different images and stuff and, and, you know, try to find thick edges with the terrain, just like you said. I mean, when everything comes together, that's me and a buddy of mine talk about it all the time. A guy I hunt with, it's where finding spots where, multiple things come together you know you know that a deer's you know that a deer likes to move an edge you know that a deer maybe comes through a break you know that a deer wants to run a flat you know you put these things together and when you can pick a spot that has multiples of those things yeah then that you know you go and another thing i want to touch on because you you kind of you kind of brought it together there 
uh, here lately, I've been, it seems like this year more than ever before, I've been trying to help others, like my friends, just people I meet with, with killing deer, really with getting on the deer, figuring it out. And so for a long time, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I read a lot of books, just all this stuff, getting all this information, right? So for anybody that's listening to this that, you know, hunts these mountains and hunts stuff, you know, like me and you are talking about, you can read all of this information. And the reason I say this is because I've had some friends here lately that's been talking to me and they they get frustrated because they've heard all this information and they go try to put it to use. And it don't work that way here. You know, so... A lot of the stuff that you read, that you listen to, I know you're reaching out. You know, you're 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 showing people this side of it. But a lot of the stuff that you hear is, like you said, it's midwestern stuff. It's the flatter stuff. And so, those people are not hunting the same way. These deer in these mountains. Uh, one of the things I've said this year, it's like. Deer are every every spot can handle its own amount of pressure, I guess. And like so, some of these midwestern deer, you can go in there and you can tromp around because there's it's maybe you're on a farm. They're used to people being around. But some of these mountains, they can't handle the pressure. You're a lot more intrusive when you go into a a big woods mountain setting where there's not people on those much whether you think it or not those deer when you leave those deer know that you were there and so that's been a big thing for me and i've been telling telling my friends it's like i know you read all this stuff and all that information is good it's not going to hurt you but you have to take the information that you read and pick it apart and make it make sense for you because you Okay, so for instance, you're not going to go out around where I hunt and pick out a bed that a buck uses every day. It's just not how it works. He, you'll, he'll be here, he'll be there with the thermals changing, with the wind changing. I mean, the wind never blows the same direction in some of these places I hunt. It, so, so picking that, you know, going to try to, you know, pull a damn infall and get up on his bed it's it's hard to do around here you'll beat yourself to death trying to find that so you well i've been telling people you've got to take this information and make it work for your situation and you know and get out there and try it and how you were talking about you look at the map and it's more effective than boots on the ground well that kind of goes back to what i'm saying about you being intrusive you know, so yeah, if I scouted this year, found a spot and hunted it next year, that's that's great. But the whole, if you just find a new spot and you run in there to scout it, and I'm not telling people not to scout, right? But I hunt blind more than anybody I know. Blind in a sense that I haven't been there before. I'm not blind in a sense that I haven't picked it apart on a map. I hunt a spot before, for these reasons that me and you were talking about, these breaks, these flats, these edges, these ditches, just different stuff on the mountain, varying terrain. I, 
I guess that if you want to talk, if you want to say what your question was, I know I figured off and started rambling, but what your question was is something that I would pick out. I pick out a change yeah. because sometimes you run into, I've been calling it here like monotonous terrain, monotonous woods that are just like, just blah. It's the same thing over and over. And so when everything's the same, what influences the deer travel other than people? So, and if there's not people, you have to find something that's different. Find, you know, find something to key in on and go check that out. Don't just hunt in the middle of the woods. You know, yeah. the deer do everything for a reason, be it efficiency or the fact that they're safe doing it. You have to pick these things apart and you know, and just go that way with it. Yeah. Because there's not rules to it. There's not there's not rules on no you do this, you do this and you'll kill a big deer. No, that's not how it works. And I think people get frustrated by that because like I follow all these rules, I've read all this stuff and I'm still not killing deer. Well it's it's not like that. Every deer is different, every place is different and it's all situational. Some deer can handle a little pressure. Some of the spots I hunt, you go in there three times, you're pretty much done. You know, it's mm-hmm. you've per, you've put too much pressure on it. So that's that's where I've leaned into the just I, I map, I use a map, I pick a spot, and I go hunt it. And that's that's transferred over to all of my out of state hunting too. You know, I yeah. uh, look at a map, pick some spots, and walk through them or scout them, or walk in them and hunt them. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. That's you know you talking about that talking about finding finding something that's different and and a lot of guys, especially here in the southeast, can probably relate to this. If you're hunting any type of big woods areas, and if you're not from the southeast, maybe we got a lot of listeners from Michigan and Pennsylvania, and those places are very similar in that there can be a lot of just just big woods, you know, stuff that that is so open I, you know i was in kentucky and it was just like that just rolling hills and not a lot of thick cover everything just looked the same it was just open hardwoods all of it and mm-hmm. um and that the same thing was true there you know if you could find something that was just a change in the terrain you you could potentially find a good thing and a lot of guys see that as like a you know you think about a saddle um not the kind that you uh wear and hunt out of but in a saddle in a ridge where there's just basically a dip and those can be really good. But that is one of those type of um, terrain features that everybody, everybody knows about, you know? And so you, you can go, if you go to a saddle that is a hundred yards off of a heavy piece of, you know, a hundred yards off the road on a heavy pressured piece of public land, chances are you're not the first guy to be there, you know? And yeah, that's a whole other rant for me. Yeah, I, so there there are things like that, dude. There's there's definitely you know if you it can it can be the same thing on like hard hard edges, you know transitions. You find a big clear cut, um, bumped up against some uh, some hardwoods. Yeah, that's a good spot. But probably a lot of other people have found that same spot because a clear cut's pretty easy to spot on a map. And if you're in a spot where people can walk to it pretty easy, 
then you're you're probably going to have some yep. company. Um, now I will hunt yep. both of these things if if I can be far away from a road. Um, yesterday when I shot that buck, I was four 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 point nine miles on the on the kayak ride. It was four point nine miles, so it was a long ways, and there is zero way to get in there from the road. So, yeah, I'm going to hunt the edge of a clear cut and and find a find a good spot in there and, yeah. it, and it was perfect because those are good spots G- saddles are are genuinely good spots that that was i killed the buck in kentucky off of a saddle but it was far away from a road it would be a long hike to get in there and i went in by water so i'm not saying that those things are bad but if you can find these things like uh like these bluff gaps or or something like that you know a bench right below a bluff Man, that can be just an incredible spot that not a lot of people are really seeing on a map. And um, when you start adding bluffs to the game, you start adding more work to get there. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're having to climb down a bluff or climb up a bluff, you're just you're you're putting obstacles in the way um, that other people may not be willing to uh, to go over. So. Um, that's, mm-hmm. that's all really good stuff. Now you, you, you definitely talked about rules. Um, there's no rules. And before we recorded, you were talking about that a little more, a little more in depth as far as like, you know, there's really not rules to this. Can you kind of just, just to kind of close, um, close this conversation cause we're running, running short on time here, but, um, can you kind of talk a little bit more about that, about what you mean? Like there's just not. Um, there, there's not rules when it comes to this. And maybe if you have an example of sometime when the quote unquote rule was broken and it worked out in your favor. Okay. Yeah, this, that's, that's awesome. This is great. This has been my, I guess my big thing this season, talking to people, helping people. Uh, here's a, the example of kind of, you know, just one of these rules. So as you, I guess as people learn to hunt, everybody thinks that uh, you've got to be in the tree before sunrise. You've got to be in the tree, I guess we'll just say 3 o'clock Eastern time, right? In in the winter, it's like you kind of say, oh, 3 o'clock, that's, I need to be in there by 3 o'clock and hunt till dark, right? You have, you have these sets of rules that are that, – or imaginary people it's just how you hunt how people hunt people hunt you know people hunt daylight till like lunch they go out they eat lunch they come back in three o'clock hunt three, you know what i mean yep. it's just kind of the standard way that most people hunt and people grow learning that grow up hunting like that so they think that's a rule they think there's a rule that you gotta be there i left work the other day right left work at three thirty. told the told a friend of mine i was like oh yeah i'm gonna run out here and hunt he's like Ain't you going to get there too late? All right, so here's the example. The last four bucks, I think, I think the last four bucks I've shot, I've shot um, within 15 to 20 minutes of being in the tree. Wow. So it's like there's not a rule on how – there's not – the deer don't care how long you've been there. you got to be at the right place at the right time and so don't talk yourself out of hunting 
when you have a good day to hunt, don't talk yourself out of it by saying, oh, I don't have enough time or I can't stay long enough. Because, I mean, how long does it take for you to pull the trigger? Yeah. It don't, you know, it's, there's, that's just one of the rules that people think you have to do this or you're not going to kill a deer. And it, that's not it. And it goes back to just what I was talking about a minute ago, where you read all these things, you read these articles, you hear what people say. And some people, I mean, new hunters, I guess, or hunters, you know, hunters that get frustrated or trying to find something new, trying to figure out what they're doing wrong. They read these things and they read them from people who, who've killed a lot of deer, right? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, who've been very successful and you, nothing that these people say, nothing that I say, you say, they're not rules. Every deer, every spot is a different situation. You have to get out there and learn it. Yeah, it's good to have all this information and, you know, have it in your head because knowing these things will help you. But you have to be able to manipulate these things that you've learned to fit where you're hunting in your situation. Use these to make sense where you're at. And that's that's the rule. You know, get out... You get out and learn where you're where you're hunting at, and and hunt it, and then you'll see these things. It's like, oh well, yeah, I didn't have to do it exactly like he said, but I see what he meant, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I've been telling people so much is there's not rules. There's not rules on how long you have to be in the stand. You don't have to be doing this. You need to get out there and hunt your. Okay, so. Hunt your stands on the best days that you, the best weather days, right? I took off last Wednesday. I shot a buck. Last, we had a good cold front. The pressure was gonna, uh, that was the highest, that was the peak of the high pressure system. And then it was gonna start falling before Thursday when a rain system was coming in. So we had a good cold morning. In the 20s in the morning, pressure was high, sky was clear, pressure was gonna start falling that day so in my eyes oh and that was the end of the high pressure system so the winds had finally died down so in my eyes that was the best day to hunt that was the best weather days so when you're hunting these places like i'm talking about where you can't go in so many days leave them alone mm-hmm. until it's time to hunt them hunt them, hunt them when the hunting's right and then you can go back to what i said about there's not rules on how long you have to be there you got to be there at the you know, you got to be there at the right time, the right place, the right time. And so you can put these things together and make them and you can make it work. There's there's no one set of rules, but you can use all the information you learn, you know, to make it make it work in your area. I guess that's kind of my my biggest my biggest thing on the rules, because everybody seems to think nowadays everybody's looking for a magic trick everybody's reading on Facebook or watching a video and they're like, oh, so-and-so uses this. So-and-so does this. This is how I have to do it. It's like, that may not work for you. You've got to, you've got to be open-minded and see what other people use, know what other people use, know what other people do and use that, but make it work for you. Because mm-hmm. you're an individual and your spot is a different situation than what you watched on YouTube or what you watched on TV. You know, 
yes, all the information's good, but you've got to be able to take it all, pick it all apart, and then put it back together for your situation. Yeah, and I would say, I would say the only thing I agree with everything that you're saying. Uh, the only rule that I can think of is go when you can, be there. Mm-hmm. You know, just go. Like that's that's the that's the main rule is just. Be in the woods as much as you can. Yeah, you can't kill deer if you don't hunt deer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I hear from so many guys like, oh, I didn't go. It was raining. And I get that. You know, if you don't want to go, then don't go. But if you want to kill deer, then go when you can. And yeah. um, and so, man, that's, that's really cool, dude. I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking a little bit about how you're killing these deer and, and how you're kind of putting the pieces together and – I really didn't. Um, I really didn't have much of an agenda going into this episode. I knew you were a guy from the South that killed good deer in the South. So, um, man, it turned out awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Thanks for inviting me on. I, I, I would love to do it again. I mean, I can sit and ramble. That's probably one of my issues. Is it's really. <laughs> It's really, it's really hard for me to not ramble. I get on rants and I'll just continue on. But yeah, there's like a, there's all kinds of stuff I like to, you know, talk about about it. It's, once I get going, I can't stop. I've actually been talking about hunting all day today. But. <laughs> well, if you're like me, that's like, it, I saw a meme the other day that somebody posted and it said, uh, it was like everybody sitting around. It had like a bunch of people sitting around. Like one guy was like, so any of you guys hunt? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, well, talk to you later. <laughs> it was just. <laughs> yeah, we have nothing to talk about. Yeah, I can relate. I can relate to it. But, uh, well, cool, man. Well, again, good luck for the rest of the season, dude. I, I know you said you got some off days coming up soon. And, uh, yeah. and man, I hope it's I hope it's awesome, which I, I can imagine you're probably going to see some deer. Hopefully you kill, uh, hope you kill a good one soon. So Yeah, thanks. Yes, sir, man. Well, I appreciate it. All right, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast this week. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Jason. Jason's just a great guy, an incredible deer hunter, and uh, an even better person. And so um, make sure that you are following Southern Ground on Facebook and on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting. And on YouTube, you can uh, you can find us by searching Southern Ground Hunting on YouTube. And subscribe, click the bell, that would be awesome. Um, another thing that I don't talk about a whole lot, but we do have merch. You can go to southerngroundhunting.com. Now, a lot of you guys probably don't even know that I have a website up for Southern Ground, but I do. And uh, I don't you know, I don't use it for a whole lot other than pointing people back to YouTube and the podcast. But also there's merch there. So you can go to southerngroundhunting.com forward slash store or just southerngroundhunting.com and you'll find the store tab. Click on that, and you will see a list of things that, that we've got for sale. We've got hats, hoodies, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. And um, I think you'll like what you find there. So please go and do that. That really helps me out a lot. Um, I don't make a ton of money on it, honestly. Like, really not a ton at all. But what it does do is it uh, it, it helps you to be able to support the brand and um, let other people know about what we're doing here at Southern Ground. We do this because we want to help like that's why we do the podcast is um we want to share our own experiences and hopefully you guys will learn from those things and hear experiences from some of the best deer hunters that are in this part of the country in the southeast united states 
And uh, the more that we can spread that, man, the better the better off things are. And I think you'll you'll start um, seeing a whole lot more people be successful in and and hopefully you guys are successful by what you hear from some of our guests here. But uh, that's that's why we do it. And every every time you wear a hat, every time you wear a shirt, and somebody asks about it. What I hope is that that person is able to uh, to check it out and learn something for themselves. So, anyways. Go to southerngroundhunting.com, southerngroundhunting.com forward slash store, and you can find all of that stuff. But with that being said, we're going to close this episode, guys. It is, like I said, it's the rut, and it's about to get really good here in this part of Alabama. I know a lot of you guys have already experienced a rut in your areas. Hopefully, you have been successful in that. But uh, if not, I, I am hoping that you guys all fill every single one of your tags. And if you are going to be in the woods, remember this, that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next time.